The streak is finally over. The Denver Broncos have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. No more is the narrative of 16 or 17 straight losses. The Broncos, they came out in Sunday's game with a lot of intensity and a lot of emotion to secure the victory. We'll recap all that and what stood out on today's brand new installment of Good Morning Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. It is a Victory Monday installment of Good Morning Broncos, our daily Broncos show here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Mile High Sports is every team, every day. For all your Colorado sports needs, including the Denver Broncos, the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, and more, you get that all here. Plus, you can get written content every single day. MileHighSports.com. Plus, we have some really exciting things coming up down the pike here for the website, some potential merchandise stuff on the way. So make sure you stay tuned there, milehighsports.com. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter here, and good morning, Broncos country. It must feel nice to wake up on a Monday morning following a Sunday, and it's a victory Monday. But it must be especially better if the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs, something they haven't done in quite some time, as my good friend Chris Marlowe would say, since Hector was a pup. The Broncos win 24-9 to on Sunday over Kansas City, snapping a 16-game losing streak to them. And on top of that, dethroning Kansas City, who also had a very, very big win streak against the AFC West that was ongoing there. And look, I think it was just the perfect storm. It just felt like, pun intended maybe, I was leaving Sunday morning to go to the game, to the stadium. Look, we got a ton of snow where I was at uh, here in Greenwood Village and driving there visibility i was like i can't see anything it's like oh man i wonder what this just the vibe feels ominous today in the atmosphere and so you get to the stadium you get up there in the press box you're looking down the snow's all over the tarp there and you're like God, just something's up with this day today this might feel like the day that the broncos find a way to snap the streak and certainly they did find a way to do that so uh, obviously we're going to break that all down here on today's episode of good morning broncos make sure if you're watching here on youtube you do us a favor hit that subscribe button we also have this available in audio format for those of you that aren't able to take us on the go so make sure you go check that out on mile high sports uh, and also special shout out to our friends over there superbook sports for sponsoring today's episode of good morning broncos hopefully you poured yourself a cup of coffee Let's go through and let's recap this game. What stood out? What factored into it? Obviously, the Broncos in a 24-9 to victory. They came out in this game, and they really kind of controlled it from the onset here. Now, the Broncos, they won the toss. They deferred to the second half, so that meant that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, offensively, they were going to be on deck first in this game. And what we saw from Denver, I'd say from the first play defensively, the defense just had this energy to them. They swarmed against the run. They took away Mahomes' passing lanes there. They did a really good job of not giving Mahomes too much ground to be able to just use his legs, run, and escape. And Denver's just pursuit to the football was on point in this game here. So I think that was one thing that stood out to me. They came out with the energy. Denver's offense then got the ball, and then they just marched down field. I mean, Marvin Mims had a 31-yard punt return that really helped set things up. Javante Williams running the rock very efficiently, and then he'd catch a four-yard touchdown pass from Russell Wilson. And Russ on the day, look, we'll dive deeper into this as the week goes on here. Russ didn't have the sharpest performance in some areas, but in areas where Denver needed him to, he came up big, three touchdown passes, obviously one to Javante. He had one to Jerry Judy, beautiful throw there in the back corner of the end zone. And then he found Cortland Sutton wide open. So three touchdown passes on the day for Russell Wilson, though he was sacked five times and he did lose a football on one play where the Denver went for it. I think he was on fourth and two. 
got the ball knocked out of his hands while trying to run up the sideline there. I would say like my only critique about Russell Wilson that I've seen looking at, and I think he came up big in big moments here for Denver in this game. And that's ultimately what matters, right? Some people are going to look at him going 12 and 19 for 114 yards and say, well, that's not good enough here. It is if, De- if he's throwing three touchdowns and Denver's winning this game and the defense plays what they did. You'll take that every single time here versus him throwing for 350 yards and then the team losing. So I would say my valid criticism here of Russell Wilson would be when he's scrambling and he's using his legs to try to extend plays and create opportunities, his awareness behind him. And look, that's tough. You don't have eyes in the back of your head, but you have to get a general feel about who's around you, where your lanes are. And you got to learn and and find a way to, okay, I'm either going to try to make this play here. I'm finding the open guy. If it's not there, I need to throw it away. Live to see another day versus getting sacked. It was a little frustrating. He was sacked five times, and and the times where he was sacked, there were a few that just simply weren't his fault. Uh, But aside from that, there were times where he held onto the ball a little too long. Obviously, we've got to protect the football a little bit better when running the football there. I think we can have those valid criticisms there. But for the most part, in the passing game, in certain areas, he did deliver when necessary. And I think that's ultimately what you can ask for here. And Look, there are going to be games where Russ is going to have to throw better, throw deeper down the field here but it just depends on the design and who Denver's facing. So we'll see how that kind of formulates here. But really, I'd say the formula for this team is we have talked about for the last couple of weeks being this is the formula for the Broncos. If they want to have success, it is running the football. As a team, they ran for 153 yards behind Javante Williams, 27 carries, 85 yards on the day. And a lot of those carries kind of came in that final five-minute stretch where, look, Kansas City had no timeouts. Denver was just trying to milk the clock. He had some big runs. He had a 15-yard run, and then Denver went away from the run game. Jaleel McLaughlin had four carries for 33 yards in this game. Russ had eight carries for 30 yards, so he did do a good job of improvising. Despite being sacked five times, Like he still had positive yards rushing, so that is a very, very good sign for what he was able to do. And he just found moments to will, like to will his way to a first down or to, to get the extra yards And I have a lot of respect and appreciation for that. So while it wasn't the cleanest game overall from Russell Wilson, he was a major part in why they won this game. But let's give credit where credit is due. The reason that Denver won this football game was on the back of their defense and and what they were able to do defensively to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now Mahomes, he, he finished passing for 241 yards. But look, I think this is the most glaring statistic that we need to talk about here, Broncos country. When you, if you would have told me, right, going into the game, Denver would hold the Kansas City Chiefs to zero total touchdowns. I was like, all right, well, hey, they're going to win. Well, you know what? This time, they actually did that, and they came out with a victory here. They held the Chiefs to three field goals, and ideally, one of those field goals, to be honest with you, this should have been a 24-6 to ball game. One of those field goals came after, you know, right before halftime, Denver, Russell Wilson got strip-sacked with, I think it was just about 20 seconds left in the first half there. Butker nailed a field goal there from, I I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, 56 yards. Yeah, it was 56 yards. And so for me, it's just, okay, hey, Denver's defense, they just kind of controlled the narrative in this game against Mahomes and the Chiefs. They limited them to 62 yards rushing. Isaiah Pacheco early on had a 19-yard run, but after that, there was really no big runs allowed. And they made it very difficult for Patrick Mahomes to do the things that he normally does, right? We talked about it, and maybe our keys to victories, they bowed the pocket, right? So th- there were times where they stunted and came inside, and Mahomes were outside, but they would always have a guy accountable for him as a contained guy. And I, I think that that's what stood out to me is Denver's defense came up in a big way. 
edge rush contain, stopping the run, and their communication on the back end of the secondary was on point there. I mean, we talk about Jaquan McMillan, we, a guy who's just emerged out of nowhere. He, in my opinion, Broncos country, is a legitimate gem here for this defense. He's been such a terrific find since he stepped into the starting role there at the nickel, replacing a saying Bassian. He's taken it, and he's run with it. And in my opinion, he's earned himself the starting job the rest of the year. And I even think going forward for the moment, I mean, I think he's been a fantastic addition, great instincts. And on this one play, too, where he intercepted Patrick Mahomes, he's dropping back in zone. Kind of similar, if you watch the CU Buffs game over the weekend, Travis Hunter, good instincts right in zone. He did a really good job opening up one way and then reading Mahomes where he was going, where Kelsey was behind him, just turned and snagged it. I'm just an impressive play, but not only that, how he comes up in the run game and how he tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He was the second leading tackler. Alex Singleton finished the game with six, ta seven tackles. Jaquan McMillan finished the game with six, and five of them were solo, and a couple of them were on key third down stops there. So, J Mac, big, big plays here for him in the Broncos secondary. Justin Simmons, yet another interception of Patrick Mahomes. He's intercepted Mahomes more than any other player in the NFL has, and that right there is where the Broncos are at. But Here's where we're going to really get to the nuts and bolts. Defensively, we said it. Denver's going to have to get off the field on third down. They held Kansas City to three of 10 conversion percentage on there. We talked about the red zone. Can't allow touchdowns. Kansas City was 0 for 3 in the red zone. Those are major, major wins here for the Broncos defense. And on top of that, they were able to sack Mahomes a couple of times. Baron Browning leading the way with two sacks. Zach Allen, Jonathan Cooper combining for a half sack each. They pressured Mahomes and they hit him 11 times. They didn't make it easy for him. And Patrick Mahomes was all class after the game. He said, this was one of the worst feelings I've had ever leaving a stadium after a game. And he said, hats off to the crowd, hats off to the players. They played a really good game. And look, you know, a lot of class there. I mean, Kansas City, they're still the juggernaut of the AFC West. And this is a big, big win here for this Broncos team. And it could give them momentum that they need as they prepare for the bye week. So we'll talk about that. What becomes of the Broncos now with some of the things that are coming up, including the NFL trade deadline? Do they still look at maybe selling, or do they turn into buyers at the trade deadline? Well, you're going to get all that on this morning's brand-new installment of Good Morning Broncos. Real quick, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's our friends over there, Superbook Sports. Football season has been rolling for weeks, but now we have hockey and basketball in the mix. So what are you waiting for? It's time to get away from the big boys and try your hand with the local book. That's Superbook Sports. Superbook is the book next door with a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure that you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. If you're looking to get started, Superbook, they'll give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and you use the promo code MILEHIGH. So bet with the best and use promo code MILEHIGH this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800. Gambler, what do the Denver Broncos do now after a big-time victory against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday here? Well, Broncos country, if you've been listening to the show, if you've been following along what I've written at milehighsports.com, even that when Denver was at 1-4, and four, the vibe for them in terms of what they want to do going forward, it hasn't changed. Like Sean Payton has clearly said, coming in, he's got a vision for this team. And while Denver didn't get off to the most ideal start possible, right? They could have went into the bye week if they would have lost to Green Bay and to Kansas City. They could have went into the bye week at one and seven. I think it made it might would have changed some things, right? But they won off two straight games here going into the bye week at three and five. And now you get a chance. Obviously, you're going to get healthier. Denver's been very, very healthy for the most part, which is a great sign for them. But now you get to go into the bye week. 
They need to come out of the bye week on a Monday night football game against a Buffalo Bills team that's just been high and low, and they're just so banged up with injuries right now. I don't know how Denver's going to navigate it, but then they play Minnesota, who unfortunately, they lost Kirk Cousins more than likely for the season with a fear of torn Achilles, and Denver's got a chance here. Denver's got a chance to rattle off some wins. Like This is a big win against Kansas City, and this is, in my opinion, what we've been talking about going back to last week here on GMB. You need a win, right? A big win to be able to flip the switch could this win on Sunday against Kansas City be where Denver flips the switch and all of a sudden says, you know what, we're getting there. We understand our identity now, which is to run the football and then to pick your, your opportunities to pass it there. But then the defense has gotten drastically better. And for as much as Vance Joseph has been dragged, uh, for a team that gave up 70 points just a month ago, I think Vance Joseph and this defense, they've made personnel changes, and these personnel changes have been massive. They got rid of Randy Gregory. They got rid of Frank Clark. They got rid of Asang Bassey. They started Jaquan McMillan. They started Cooper and Benito, and then they factored in Ronnie Perkins and Baron Browning in the edge rusher rotation. And there's been times where they've gone to the 4-3 defense where they are getting rookie linebacker Drew Sanders into the mix here. P.J. Locke stepped up at safety for Kareem Jackson, who's dealing with the suspension. And, and Denver's just playing very, very good football right now on the defensive side. Their communication is good. They're flowing. They're playing with a lot of energy. And they even, I think, made a lineup change, too, with Mike Purcell, DJ Jones, and Zach Allen being the down linemen uh, you know, for the Broncos' defensive scheme, which I think has been big for them. So I think situationally, looking at some of the changes they've made, they've done a terrific job. Vance Joseph has done a terrific job and deserves a lot of credit for that, despite all the flack that he has gotten and despite how bad the start was initially here for Denver. Their defense is actually buckling down, and they're playing pretty well there. So there's obviously areas of improvement here. But I think uh, you know people are asking a lot of questions now. Okay, hey, with this win that Denver got on Sunday, the trade deadline's coming up here on Tuesday, 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, and we'll have you covered here on Good Morning Broncos kind of leading up to it, seeing where things are at here. I, I don't get the vibe that Denver is going to be as active as many people had thought. Now, look, I, you know, Diana Rossini of the athletic, I think has done a great job. She's got great ties to Sean Payton. She's come out and she said that the Broncos are not doing a fire sale despite their record. And look, I think two wins in a row and a big win against Kansas city. I think it changes that a little bit further here. Now I would have said, okay, maybe if Denver would have lost to Kansas city on Sunday, you saw Jerry Judy coming up with a couple of big catches, a 39-yarder and contested traffic down the middle, and then obviously the touchdown. I was like, all right, well, if Denver loses this game, this might be their best way to showcase Jerry Judy, who apparently some reports have it out there. Some teams have an offer to Denver, but Denver's not taking it serious yet. So we'll see where things go in the next 24 hours here for the Broncos. But, I mean, I've said it all along. I honestly don't think that Denver's going to be as active at the trade deadline as most people think. I think that they're going to look at maybe where they're at. And I think that they've got a really good idea on where the roster construction is. That's what Sean Payton has said, too. He said, you know, we've got a vision for this roster with the guys that we have here, not only just for this year, but going into next year. We already have this vision put out there. And, look, I understand it's fluid. It could be coach speak from time to time. But Sean Payton is not a guy that plays around. Like he, He's serious about it. He takes this stuff very, very seriously. So, for me, I think where Denver is at right now, I, I don't necessarily see – any kind of changes happening, they could have one potential move here. But aside from all that, I, I don't think that we're going to see any changes at all here from the Broncos. So I think that's something to monitor going forward here. But obviously, if anything changes, we'll have you updated here on Good Morning Broncos every single morning, 9 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time here on Mile High Sports YouTube page here. And also just a reminder to, hey, look, the Denver Nuggets are in season right now. The Colorado Avalanche got off to a really good start, and then they've 
gotten a little bit of a skid. Make sure you check out Arif Dean and the Hockey Mountain High podcast. Also, his written work at Mile High Sports at Run Rife Arif, uh, Run Right Arif on Twitter, and then also Ryan Blackburn, our Denver Nuggets beat reporter, has got you covered with the Pickaxe and Roll podcast. The Nuggets with a very impressive win over the weekend against the Oklahoma City Thunder. They completely dominated, mopped the floor with them, and I believe they played the Utah Jazz here tonight at Ball Arena. So Broncos country, make sure you go check out Ryan's podcast to stay in on the action. If you're a Broncos fan and you're a Nuggets fan and you're an Avs fan, we have you covered here, Mile High Sports, every team, every day. Stay tuned for a mailbag episode coming up this week. You want to get your questions and make sure you comment it down below. We'll be sure to include them in this week's installment here on Good Morning Broncos. I'm Cody Work, Broncos country. See you tomorrow morning.